and welcome everyone to the Cardboard Swords cast. We have our name, we have our place, and we are ready to begin with our first episode. So I am your host, Vincent Baker. I'm joined by my co-host, Ludwin Alfaro. Happy to have you here, man. And uh, yeah, why don't you just uh, tell me a little bit about how you've been? I've been doing all right. It's not, I'm glad to be here today. A uh, little tired from work, but other than that, I've just been enjoying uh just been enjoying the vacation I had due to the holidays. How about you? Well, uh my holidays was filled with me being sick. So if you hear me hacking up my lungs, uh that's just me getting over some sickness. I was sick since the end of December. Uh not January as I told Ludwin earlier cuz that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, no, it's uh it's been a little bit rough for me, but thankfully these last few days I've actually been able to move around and be mostly myself, so it's been good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so, so what have you been up to aside from just uh, enjoying your time? What have you been enjoying <laughs> your time doing? Well, well, I've been uh painting, I've been busy painting minis as I've been sharing on your Discord and also just enjoying final fantasy 14 while i can <laughs> that's fair it's uh your miniature painting is is wonderful i've seen a lot of different people paint miniatures and yours is up there with the best i've seen honestly i'm still a beginner at it i i, I don't have full confidence in it yet but as as i keep going i i, I get more and more excited every time i finish another one yeah, I mean, keep in mind, I, I'm very much an outsider to that, because whenever I paint, it, like, despite me being an artist, I cannot paint miniatures at all, and uh, they look horrible. I blame my co I, I'll blame my colorblindness on this. I don't know if that's fair to my colorblindness, but I'm going to blame it on this and just say that's why I can't paint <laughs> these miniatures, but it's, uh, it's really tough, and I think it's also, like, a tedious kind of thing, and I'm not very good when it comes to, like, things that you have to be very slow and patient with, like, right in front of you. Ah, yeah. Okay. I can. I can. I understand that. <laughs> yeah. But I definitely respect it because it looks awesome. Now, with that being said, one of the things that I've been up to recently, or I guess this is more like a recent excursion I had that I felt like it'd be fun to share because uh, it was just me suffering, which was uh, last night. Well, so yesterday I got this notification on my phone and it said, hey, if you come by Sonics, we'll give you half off on a blast. And I love their blast so much. Like I get the Eminem blast. Fantastic. So I was like, okay, I get half off, cool. But I had to go into work, so I was like, okay, I'll go into work, and then on my way out, I'll get the uh, the Eminem blast, and it'll be it'll just be like a treat to myself because it's my first day back, and you know, it's like, okay, cool. So I headed to Sonics before heading home, and I was like, in in like in the stall, and I put in the blast, and I was like, just I was good to go. Well, I waited there for like 20, 25 minutes, and just heard nothing at all. I was like, okay, well, this is taking a while. So I drove around through the drive-thru, and they like didn't even notice me for like five minutes. And then they then they open up the the thing, and then they're like, "Hey, sorry about that. You know, what's the problem?" So I told them I was like, "Hey, I ordered like uh you know blast to the app like you know 25, 30 minutes ago at this point," and they said, "Oh yeah, so like our uh, our blast machine's down." And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, so uh, what do you want me to do? And then she said, "Well." Basically, all we can do is we'll write your name down, and then you just drive back up here at some point. And if our blast machine's working, uh, just convince the manager that you paid for it, and just tell her that I that I told you this, and we'll give it to you then. 
hopefully they grant you that because that <laughs> it sounds that so sketchy. Sucks. I know it sounds so <laughs> sketchy. I was like, I, I really don't have another uh, option, I guess. But yeah, and then I, I was like, do you have an estimate when this will be done? And I fully understand like that they don't really know because you know, but. They, they said, I don't know, maybe a week, maybe a month. And I'm just like, okay. like <laughs> So I just have to randomly head up there at some point and assume that it's probably fixed, hopefully, or just waste my time up there. And then they have to also just acknowledge this thing. I don't know. It's it, it was, it's kind of wild, but we'll, we'll see where that goes. That's hopefully if you remember, too, because you could forget within the next two weeks. Oh, and I'll, you'll I'll remember. never forget Ludwin. I'll never forget. <laughs> okay, I guess you're low for Baja. Oh no, not Baja. The uh, the blast are your uh, are your love then for that place. Yeah, no, I will never forget. Like this is this is something I'll talk about years down the road, and if it if it has to come to that, it'll probably come up in another episode. Hey, I finally got my blast. <laughs> well, hey, I mean that's what we're doing here for this podcast. We're not only talking about you know board games and card games. We're also just we have this whole uh, arc, the story arc for the Eminem blast. <laughs> three, three weeks later, hey, so I finally <laughs> got it, but apparently they messed it up and gave me Oreos instead. Yeah, and for those listening, you have to tune back in to figure out what happens next time. It's like an episode of Dragon Ball Z, like. Next time on Cardboard Swordcast, what happened to the Eminem blast? God damn it. <laughs> okay, so with that, let's get into our actual topic. Uh, Ludwin, do you want to tell our audience what our topic is, and then we will discuss from there? All right, so, our, so for our first episode, our topic would more, more or less be how to get into card games and board games and where to go to play these games because you could have hey, a board game or trading cards, but have no one or nowhere to play it. So yeah. Yeah. So there's actually, it seems like a simple topic, but there's a lot to unpack here. I mean, are we going to start with like where to play, who to play with, which game we're choosing? I, I, th- I think it might be easier to just start with uh, wh- how to find a location to play because that's what a lot of people struggle with. Some people don't have or don't think they have a place near them. And the first, I think the first place to check would be a, online. Go Google if you have a location near you. If yeah, you don't, sure. you can always talk to people in the community. Yeah, and so you just want to search something like local game stores near me. Um, if there's a certain game you have in mind, you could search that like, you know, blank, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! events near me. Um, but, yeah, local game stores should work. Um, if you have, like, a local mall, like, sometimes they have game stores in them or they have places that have people that probably look like they go to game stores that work there. Uh, like, maybe check out their GameStop or, like, if they have, like, a pop culture store, maybe they have uh, people that work there that can point you in the right direction because those are going to be people that's aligned with, like, similar interests to you. And uh, they might have some tidbits at places you can check out. And the other thing is, now that we have the internet, you could always form a Facebook group or a Discord group and start a meetup at a certain spot. For example, hey, let's go to the local bookstore and play there. Or, hey, there's a park or something where you can meet up with people and, and enjoy a game. 
Yeah, for sure. And that that is definitely a possibility. It is kind of difficult, especially if you're sort of like new to the area or you haven't really done that before. Like, cause it's always hard to sort of gain that initiative to get people to show up, especially if they're complete strangers. So definitely, hopefully you can find a local game store. And when you do, hopefully you can also, like if you enjoy that game store, hopefully you can also support them and stuff. Because a lot of game stores, you know, are doing well or doing okay right now. But sometimes they struggle. I mean, especially with things going on in the world and stuff like that. Like any bit of product that you buy from them definitely helps them. Uh, so if there is a game store that you're going to to help meet new people, meet new games and stuff like that, just keep in mind that to keep their lights on, that instead of buying from Walmart or Amazon, something like that, it's important to support that local game store. The thing is, continue off that, it's that they operate off tight margins. You know, so it's not like, oh, hey, uh, you buying product will immediately make us rich. It's more of, hey, we barely make enough to keep on floating. Yeah, and just because even if you do spend a lot of money there, it doesn't mean all that money directly translates to profits for them, which is what the tight margins is about. So, like, if you buy, like, a $100 box, but the margin is, you know, 20 30%, they're, they're making it a little bit off of that versus, you know, I have a friend who manages at Shoe Carnival, and he'll say that they will have shoes that they bought for, like, 3 $4, and they sell for 80 or they mark half off to 40 and they still those margins are so much bigger than what we get from card games and board games. So just something to keep in mind when you support them. Uh, but yeah, definitely checking out your local game store is is the best thing to do if there is one. I know I you know I really feel for people that don't have a local game store near them. I know that is a problem that some people face. Um, now, granted, it could it could still be worth traveling 30 minutes or 45 minutes to a game store cuz like sometimes people think that near them means it has to be within 10 minutes, but you know, if you go to a place 45 minutes away and it's your day off and you can spend the whole day there, like, or not even the whole day, but just hours there, I mean, that could be a trip that's worth it. And whenever you go there, a lot of game stores are very happy to show you some of their most popular games, or they normally are using uh, or running demos, or they have uh, staff there that will help show you different card games or, or games to play. So it's a great way to meet new people and to try out some new games. And then the other thing is, if you play a dedicated card game already, like beforehand, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Magic, uh, Digimon, uh, uh, Dragon Ball, or any other of these other card games, a lot of them have their own official website, and you can search up official stores near you, and that's another way you can find the store. And then these player, and then you can find other players of that same game, and that's another way to help boost your your group of people you can play with. Yeah, and unfortunately, like, you might have to sort of bend, like, the game that you want to play to, like, what is around in the area, because a lot of game stores sort of focus on a subset of games and don't host everything because it doesn't make sense for them to, and so they might not exactly host the one game that you want, or maybe you meet friends, or you have friends that play certain games, and you might be more into the Dragon Ball Dragon Ball game, but they're more into Pokemon or something, and you have to, you might have to compromise a bit, or... I mean, you could always try to, like, lead the charge and say, hey, like, what if I get a couple starter decks, I show you guys this game, see if you like it. You know, you can always take that initiative if you have a friend group to try to get them into a new game if it's one that you're interested in. And then the same thing with board games, but the difference with card games and board games is you only need one copy of a board game. With a card game, you need a... Everybody needs their own separate pile of cards to play with, their own decks, their own trades, 
with a board game, it's like, hey, Vincent, I bought Monopoly. You want to join in? Awesome. Oh, heck no. I'm not joining in Monopoly, Ludwig. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to trick me into this. 3 a.m. table flip. <laughs> no. We've been, paying, we've been playing for eight hours. No, not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, and if you're just looking to get into the tabletop scene in general, it's probably not best. Well, it, it's really up to, like, who you hang out with, who you meet, stuff like that. Because, like, if, if there's a good group that likes playing a certain game, I mean, that game will be a lot easier to get into, even if the game itself is more difficult to play. Because you have that support and your friends, and you have people that can help you out when you have questions, things like that. And it'll be more fun. But there's a lot of board games that are, like, easy gateway games. Like, Codenames is really fun if you've never played it before. It's super simple. Um, I, I've showed it to my, like, family, my grandparents. You can play with any number of people. So, like, we can just all get together for New Year's or Christmas and just surround, like, ten people and just all play Codenames. So that is definitely, like, a good what they call like a gateway game where you can just jump in, never really play tabletop games and just have a lot of fun. Pandemic is one I usually recommend for new people. It's a very popular one. Yeah. Yeah. So, and for those, I mean, normally you can just search like on, there's a website called board game geek and they have like every single board game ever listed on there. And they also have like their top 100 and you can just see like what the most popular games are. A lot of those uh, tend to be pretty family-friendly. Um, not all of them are the easiest, I would say, to play or, like, to jump into. Um, but some of them definitely are. And then they definitely have lists for that sort of thing, too. Yeah, and then the thing is, if you have a set group of people, like, that's your friends. If you have two other friends and yourself, at least, you can start deciding what you your group likes for what you want to do hey do you guys like card games but you don't want to play a traditional card game like pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh, magic and all the rest there are uh deck builder board games where you the deck where the board game comes with all the cards you need to play and you build your deck as you go along to participate in the game and it's just whatever you play is based on your group yeah, so if our answers sound kind of nebulous, it's just because the group that you have could be so different that there's not a one-size-fits-all you know, when it comes to this answer. But the deck-building option is a really good one for those, especially the people that love playing with cards. It's a really good option because you get everything you need in one box. It's normally a really good price for a lot of cards. And you just open up the box and you start playing, and everyone's sort of building their deck as they're playing the game. And every deck builder plays a little differently, but they all have their own like uh, their own like cool mechanics and stuff like that. I think Ludwin and I both like recommend Cryptozoics, uh, especially for beginners. Like they're very easy to jump into. They have a DC deck building game, so if you're a fan of that DC universe, you know, playing Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, all of them, it's a very good option. That was the first one I played. Um, but they also have like cool ones like Naruto and like Attack on Titan. There's a Cartoon, Cartoon Network. Network. Yeah, so, and the Cartoon Network is my group's favorite. They just, they're huge Cartoon Network fans, and it's it's a lot more, like, zany and out there than the other ones they've made because they have, like, physical dexterity um, cards, which, for those unaware, is basically traits on your cards that make you do stuff in real life, such as, like, having to sing or having to speak in a funny voice or having to um, not touch the floor or to uh, do, like, T-Rex arms and, like, all kinds of weird stuff. Like, 
Some people really hate that, and some people really like it. It's really good for people that just like to have a lot of uh, like fun and like a laid back sort of casual and just uh, have a good time laughing sort of way. And it's not as good for people that uh, that are trying to be tactical and like very like you know focused and think about their next moves and stuff. And then. Just to clarify, when we say group, we're just meaning a general group of people that you commonly play with. Because, for example, my own personal play group, we don't like competitive games because a lot of times it's the same people. And after playing the same people, it becomes very easy to learn their play style. So we love a lot of co-op based games where we have to strategize and work together as a group. Oh, yeah. Cooperative games are really, really fun. And, I mean, to the point where there are some people that will swear off of any non-cooperative games. I've had people tell me, like, I won't play any games that aren't cooperative. Not my friend group, but just other groups I've seen. Uh, So, definitely, uh, cooperative games are definitely worth looking into as well. And, Vincent, how, how about your group? What kind of group do you have, basically, for your games and stuff like that? Yeah, so out of everyone in my group, like I'm definitely more the board game collector. Uh, we have maybe one other person in our group. Well, actually, a couple. We have a couple people that have a few board games. I'd say maybe like uh, ten, around ten games each. Um, whereas, like you know, I have a good bit more than that. Um, but they they don't normally host game events, but they do actively like to play board games. So even without me, they'll play board games with people or with their friends. And then outside of that, we have a handful of friends that love playing board games, but only do that with us um, or with me. So they're very, very casual. And just in general, the idea is if the uh, if there's like a tons of pages, if there's tons of pages or the rule books like super thick, it immediately like makes them like like start getting headaches. Like, what am I doing? So they like very like simple, easy to jump into games. Uh, with some like interesting mechanics, but definitely way more on the casual side, and uh, having like some cool artwork and some cool style and colors and some fun stuff going on definitely helps. And then the thing is also when choosing a board game, it's very hard because you have to judge your group. You have to choose how complex do you want your game, how simple do you want. That's why there's it's a nebulous of what you can choose, and in order to make the right choice. A lot of times it's just at this day and age, hey, watch a review and find out if it seems like something you'll like and see if wherever you buy it from, if you could return it, if it ends up you don't like it. Yeah, and for almost any game you can find out there, there should be like a how to play because a lot of games can seem a lot more complicated when you just glance at the rules. But when you actually watch someone playing it, or you actually just try to focus and read the rules and actually give it a chance, or actually just start playing it and kind of you know trial by fire scenario, it's normally not as bad as what you initially think. Now, sometimes there are games that end up being way more confusing than you ever thought possible, but in general, a lot of games, you can, you can look up how to play them online, and they're not as bad as you think. No, it's not. A lot of times, the rule book, going through it the first time, that's the scariest slash hardest part. I've pl- I've played multiple board games where I we've read the we've done something wrong the first time, and then after playing it a second or third, you know, all right, we got this down. It was much easier than we thought, but it's just that first foray into that big ass book sometimes, or you know, even those 
hey, why are these folded sheets of rules? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I I definitely feel sympathy for rule book writers because it's something I've had to do and it's something that uh, I still need to get a lot better at. It's something that's very difficult to do. Like just making sure you write out every single step and you have to have like a very outside perspective of like, you know, what questions are they going to ask themselves and like what do I need to have answered and you know, it's a very tough thing to do, but, you know, luckily there's a lot of help out there when it comes to, like, learning new games. Yeah, and then the thing is, going into card games now at this point, because we said we would mention basics, uh, how to choose a card game. Uh, choosing a card game is just like choosing a board game, because all the all the card games, no matter which one you choose, will differ. They will differ on their mechanics, their rulings, how to play, their art style. And it's just figuring out what you like and what your group of friends like. With a card game, it's a lot easier to end up being solo and trying to find a group of players. And that's why a lot of people will try and find a card shop or a game store to play with. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes I feel like people get intimidated by trading cards because they can rotate out or the formats can change. Even if the cards don't rotate out, like maybe they introduce new cards so like new metas happen and then so you kind of get lost to like the new big stuff ha going on in that card game. But the thing is, I mean, if you enjoy the card game, you can still just have your deck and regardless of what the tournaments are doing, you can still play with your friends. You can play like on a casual level. There's no one stopping you from just enjoying the game casually. And then when we say rotate, meta, and casual, when we mean rotate, we kind of mean that cards are legal to play for a certain time period before they're taken off, a, you know, not allowed to be used, and a new set of cards are legal. And then when we mean meta, we kind of talk about what cards are popular through the whole set of everything, like in the whole bubble of cards. These are the cards everyone are using or most popular. Yeah, and they're most popular because they're often most powerful. So it'll be like a new release card that just destroys everyone else. Like it's hard to beat. It's just a very good card or good cards. And so that would be the meta. Or does something better than a previous card did. You know, it doesn't have to be super powerful, but it can be a slow increase of power sometimes, depending on what game you play. Yeah, no, that's very then, true. Yeah, so you could mm -hmm. have you could have like the the best card in your deck, and then they make a slightly better version, and then that card that you have is no longer seen as desirable. Yeah, which ha which happens in every card game, uh, and then when we say casual, we we mean it more of a somebody who just plays every now and then they're not playing seriously or what we say competitive competitive players who are the players who are trying to push the most bang for their buck out of what they're doing yeah because a lot of times there's a lot of people that play trading card games that play play it as a hobby where it's something that they're going to dedicate a you know certain portion of each of their weeks to probably and they're going to try to go to like local tournaments they're going to buy all the new sets and then try to modify their decks and play with their friends. Uh, and that is definitely a fun way to play, and that's definitely something you can do. But it's also something that I don't want to intimidate anyone as well. So, like, even if that's not what you want to do, you can still get into a game without having to do that. No, yeah. The thing is also when 
doing any of these, playing a card game, playing a board game with new people or with your standard group, let them know what you're going into beforehand. Okay, if you're going to play a card game, let them know if you play casually or not because that can determine how what 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 deck they might use because some players have multiple decks. Some could be a competitive deck with all their best cards while another one is just a deck for fun. And you don't want to play you don't always want to play a casual deck versus a competitive one. Yeah, so like, you know, some advice would be, you know, don't be discouraged because even if someone tells you like, "Oh, you play casual? Cool. I won't play my tournament deck. I'll play my casual deck." and they wipe the floor with you, they that could be them intentionally being a jerk and and them knowing that they just chose another tournament deck or maybe they have the the best intentions possible. Maybe they're not trying to be mean at all and just their version of casual is still at a much higher power than you, especially if you're just starting the game. And so you know, I wouldn't read into, you know, assuming anyone has bad attentions at all, but just know that different people have different views of what casual is, and just because you have a bad experience, possibly, doesn't mean that every experience will be bad. You know, it's just, you know, people are so varied in how they are, so um, maybe th those people or that group of people isn't the right group for you, or maybe they are, and maybe you just need to talk to them more, and or maybe they can help your deck out. Like, I remember a long time ago when I was playing Yu-Gi-Oh!, there was this high school bully that came into the store, and when he saw me, he was like, don't tell anyone I play Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, he was, like, embarrassed that he was there and that I saw him. And he was, like, someone who was genuinely, like, pretty mean to me at school. But uh, we were in a tournament, and I wiped the floor with him. And he was like, hey, man, like, I'm new to this. Can you help me out? And I, and I was like, huh, this is weird. And I was like, sure, I can help you out. And so, like, the biggest thing was he was running, like, so many cards. In his Yu-Gi-Oh deck, he had, like, a, at least 100 cards. And I said, okay, well, the first thing we can do is we can just cut this down to 40. And he's like, well, why would we do that? And it's like, well, out of these 100 cards, you have 40 that are the best. Like, that is just a fact. Like, out of these 100 cards, 40 of them are going to be better than the other 60. So we're just going to cut 60 of the worst cards you have and just have the best 40 cards you currently have. And that's all I did to change his deck. And then he went about, uh, he, he kept playing for the rest of the day. And he came back and he said, Vincent, like that, that helps so much. Like he actually started winning because he actually had 40 good cards. He just, he had 60 not so good cards. So after I did that, he was like so impressed and it worked out so well for him. And uh, then he stopped bullying me at school, which was nice too. So, <laughs> so hey. it sounds it sounds like you had your own little anime tournament arc over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I got all kinds of crazy stories, but I for, I, I lost my point that I was trying to make. <laughs> but uh, there you go. There's that fun story. No, but yeah, the thing is also what Vincent ended up doing there is what we kind of call consistency, where most players will try to. Uh, make sure they can draw certain cards. So what they'll try and do is make sure they have multiple copies of their best cards, and they'll try and make it in a way where they can thin out their deck or as in reduce the number of cards in their deck to get a higher chance of getting what they want. Yeah, which speaking about playing multiple copies of a card, uh, it is definitely important to look up the rules of the game online or to speak to someone at the local game store or a friend that plays because it's important to know those rules. So in a lot of card games, you can play multiples of a card, but it's normally limited to only three copies of that card or four copies of that card. Um, so you don't want to just 
you know, shove in 10 copies because it's your favorite or your best card or whatever. Uh, I there, can't there run are some 50 rules. pieces of Exodia? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that would be good or bad. Probably bad still. <laughs> no, but yeah, the thing is, every card game has its... It's it's just like board games has their own niches, their own play styles. So that's why you're always going to have somebody who floats around. Well, somebody who sticks to certain card games. Oh, this guy's the Yu-Gi-Oh player. That guy's the Magic player. This one's the Pokemon player. The thing is, you won't know which card game you like until you at least give them a chance. And every card game has its flaws. So you have to also look at that. For example, Konami for Yu-Gi-Oh! has a ban list on a lot of their cards. Uh, and then some cards can be hard to get due to reprints. I know Magic the Gathering has a rotation which players can, for them, can be hit or miss. Uh, but they have multiple formats, so that's not too much of a worry. Formats are kind of play styles for the game. And then same thing with Pokemon. They have their own unique take on how to play the game. Yeah, so with formats, it's like a format could be, hey, any card goes. You can play any card that's ever been released, essentially. Uh, or, hey, a format is you can only play cards that were released in like the last two years. Or maybe the format has like a different amount of uh, like a life total. And maybe you start with a you know a creature or a monster outside the game that helps you out or something like that. So like formats can really switch up the way you play. Um, and that's just something you have to see what's going on with your local game store and see what kind of formats they play. Most places tend to focus on, you know, one or two formats. You know, it's not like some crazy thing where you're just going to go and see like 20 different formats going on. So it's not as complicated as it might sound to, to a beginner. Uh, but it is exciting. Like once you really dive into it, cause it gives you a few extra ways to play. And the thing is, uh, these, these different ways to play can sometimes be fun with your friends or a group or you know jumping in at a game store you know you meet people and be like hey let's try this format and just play for fun you know and it can be very fun just trying out different methods of play oh yeah and honestly i mean speaking about like getting into stuff if anyone listening to this is struggling with figuring out what game that they think that they would like or getting into games uh, you can always reach out to us and we'd be more than happy to, you know, try to help you out, you know, how we can, because we have a lot of experience with playing card games and board games. So if that seems like something that you need uh, help with. Just let us know and we'll do our best. And then there's also a lot of safe picks when picking board games. Like, like I said, Pandemic, that's a very popular one to begin with. Uh Vincent, which one, what was the one you said again? I said uh, code names. Now, preferably, code names, yeah, yeah. Now, preferably, I I personally like lean towards code names pictures, but uh, normal code names is fun too. Either one of them super easy to jump into and play. Uh, code names pictures just happened to be the first one I played and the one I kind of stuck with and the one I really enjoy. But they're both really good, really simple, really easy to play. Um, and essentially, like the idea is you're playing uh, on two different teams of agents. And each team can have any number of players. So you can have four people on both sides, three people on both sides, it doesn't matter. Or it can just be one uh, Well, actually, I don't think it could be one-on-one. -on -one. But, <laughs> but uh, essentially, you're trying to, like, guess what other people's, um, like, where their agents are based off of the pictures. It's actually very hard to explain. And it doesn't, okay, it sounds confusing, but if you just look at the game, it's very, very simple and very, very fun. 
Okay. And then the thing is, when we say safe picks, it means like it's a bit more open in general. So you can jump in and grab it. And most players would be okay with it. And then they could get a taste of it and try and see how much deeper they want to go in. Because just like card games and board games, or should we say tabletop games in general, because there are some board games that just are all cards. Some use miniatures, some use tokens. All these games have like a core goal that you want to complete. Oh yeah, for sure. And there there's so there's such a variety which you know can be intimidating, but it's also it can be so much fun to explore and to see what what's out there because there's so many different options where like if something doesn't uh, really click with you, there is something out there that probably would. There, I mean, there's so many board games, and a lot of them are now being based off video games or franchises that you might have heard of. Like, there's a Dark Souls uh, board game now. I think there's a Bloodborne one. Yeah, there's I a know th- Bioshock Infinite one. Okay, yeah. I know there's a Power Rangers one. I'm a big fan of that one. We have DC Deck Builder, which is a card game, board game. They have anime-based tabletop. ones. Yes. Yeah, they even have ones that are just based off of like being a firefighter or riding a train or like uh putting up oh, stained glass. <laughs> yeah, like putting up stained glass or like fishing in a pond or like being a tree. Those aren't necessarily my favorite types of games, but they could be some of your favorite types. So I just want to throw that out there. No, yeah. And then the thing is, if you if you find a like If you have a Barnes & Nobles, they sell board games. If you have a card shop, some of them are card shops and board game shops, so you might be able to do both. And then some are just board game shops where you might be able to buy the board game you want. And a lot of times they can give you recommendations. You might have to give them an idea of what you're looking for. And if you don't know, they will always give you their safe choices. Like, it'll be probably different from the ones me and Vincent named, and there's always new popular ones coming in and out. Like, you know, like fads, in and out, some games go. Yeah, I mean, and what's cool, too, I mean, if you, kind of going back to the board game store, but if you can go to a game store, a lot of times you can try out those games before having to buy them. So you can actually just play them yourself before you have to make a decision on if you want to buy it or not. And maybe maybe you'll find people there to play with you because if you go by yourself, not a lot of these board games are fun alone. I oh, need very friends. true. Very true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes you can find that they're hosting an event where they're showing off some new games or a certain game, or you can look online for events like Ludwin mentioned earlier in the podcast. So there's a lot of different options there. Oh yeah, and then the thing is, some board, some car, some uh, shops have their own events where it's like, oh hey. They're they're um they're gonna test out a new board game like you said or uh hey this is just, uh, like one shop I used to go to back in Jersey they used to have a board game Friday where a bunch of people would show up and they're like hey grab a board game grab a group of people start playing yeah no it sounds like a ton of fun uh, they, no it, it used yeah. it, sorry about that that's but, okay uh, it, yeah <laughs> yeah my bad you know but it was a lot of fun and it was also a nice icebreaker randomly joining a group and being like oh hey what's up let's play this game and sometimes one person always became the rule reader (laughs) 
Yeah, I was trying to think if uh, game stores are still doing this, but they used to do this thing called Tabletop Day. And maybe they still do this, but I definitely went to a few Tabletop Days uh, a few years ago. And it would be a day that they're just, they have constant board games scheduled all throughout the day. They're giving out promo cards, like free prizes to anyone that jumps in. Everything's free. So you can just jump right in and just play with all these people. Everyone's kind of coming together to celebrate board games. And they're all there to like teach you and introduce you to the game. So it's all at like an entry level, which is super nice. Uh, also on that note, there's a lot of conventions you can go to, uh, like local comic cons or anime conventions and things like that. Not all of them have tabletop stuff, but a lot of them do. So it's also worth going to those, and you can meet a lot of people there and then check out their tabletop stuff that they got going on and play games there as well. It's a ton of fun. Yeah, I know that when I went to Anime Next a few times, they always had a a really relaxed room full of board games, and you always find other people there. Don't be shy. Just walk up to a group of people and be like, hey, can I join? Or if you don't feel like joining, it's okay to stand on the side and watch. And then maybe, and then some people may ask you, do you want to join us? Yeah, and then don't be afraid to give the game a try. It's a lot more fun when you, I mean, it's a lot more fun when you actually get down and try to play it some. Some games have a weird premise, and it's like, it's more, sometimes it's like, let me play this before judging it, because it's like a book. You can't judge a book by its cover. Sometimes you have to jump in. And the same thing can be said about board games and card games. You have to give it a shot to see if you like it and if it fits for you. I couldn't agree more. And with that, I think that would be a beautiful sentiment to leave our first episode on. So, uh, yeah, for anyone listening, like I said, if you have any questions, just let us know. I'd be more than happy to answer them. Um, I, I enjoyed it, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Stay tuned. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't yet. We have a lot more topics to talk about down the road, so you don't want to miss it. Stay awesome. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully down the road we can stay more on topic and uh, focused. Yeah, let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. We'll be more than happy to hear it, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye.